And I believe that we are live. Hello. <laughs> Yay. Hi, Ramon Ray. How Ray Ray. Get in my computer. How did you get in my computer? All of a sudden, you're there. So. Well, ah, see, there you go. That that's that's a good sign. So we <laughs> are, so we are live. That's that's good because it was just locked uh, for me a second ago. That's not good. Um. Uh, we are public now. Okay, so we got to give people a chance to find us because they haven't. Wow, found us yet. Everybody jump in. So everybody jump in. I'm going to hit record. So hang with us. <laughs> we're going to shoot oh, the okay. shit. Here. We're going we're gonna to shoot the shit and we're going to change the game. Right on. Okay, so, so I started to, to, we started to talk about this before when we were so rudely interrupted by the fact that we were on private. So, so people were, have done the, you can call me Ray and you can call me Jay. And do they still do that to you, old people like me who know that? You know, for, you're not old. Stop it. Uh, but yes, people once in a great while, uh, you know, like, I, I think I've heard it in the past, well, before COVID, when I was on the road, um, I think I heard it a few times, yeah, you know, from fans, so. So, so Ray, um, speaking of COVID, let's go there. I'm, I'm still kind of waiting for people to show up. This is a little early for me to be so on time and prompt, but um, I know COVID has to have changed your life. It's changed all of our lives. Uh -huh. in crazy ways so what I, I, as i i seem to were you about to go on tour were you about to go do something when this all hit what what was we, your life like we were okay chicago was yeah. in vegas already we were doing our residency and it was i believe yeah it was the final weekend of our residency we did three weekends and that saturday i believe it was march 14th <laughs> Well, we, you know, we were going to be done on March 14th and yeah. then the next day we were going to continue with a, another five or six shows like, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, you know, like around just, you know, just get on the bus and go. Right. Right. So, oh yeah, we're going to do another, some other California dates as well. So, uh, um, what ended up happening, they just said the whole week after Vegas is canceled because we don't know what the hell is going on. Right. And then the plan was, um, okay, well, the, 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 end, the finishing dates of that run were just going to be done for, and we were going to start up again in late April. Right. So we were like, okay, then we're going home the next morning, which was Sunday, and which we did. We went home. And then, as you know, bam, that was it. That was it. Everything from there on was canceled. I think we were one of the last shows in Vegas. You know? I was going to say the 15th of March, a little on the late side there. Yeah, I know Rod Stewart was there as well. And he did a show that Saturday night as well. And then everybody just closed up camp, you know, so. Wow. Yeah, and wow. it's been, it's been, uh, okay, so now let me jump ahead now. Obviously, now we got March all the way to now. Right. It's been happening. I've just been doing recording sessions and video uh filming for with Chicago, another artist, uh, Paul Peterson. But what happened this past weekend was- Wait, Paul Peterson, wait, you can't drop a name like that and then stop, not Paul Peterson, Paul Peterson. From the Peterson family, yeah. yeah. Ricky Peterson and, you know, the gang. Okay, I, no, because the Paul Peterson that I know is from the Donna Reed show from Before You Were Born. And he's actually been in my living room. He was an actor. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking bass player. Bass player who played with Prince and played with Morris Day in the time. Oh, yeah. oh. 
So he's oh. incredible. I do a thing. I do a thing with him. It's called Funk Friday, and it's released every Friday now. Normally, it's uh, I do every other week, every other week, and Lenny Castro does the other weeks. But uh, like today, I just I was recording one for him for this week, and we did one last week. So I, I've yet to finish it. So Paul, if you're watching right now, I'll get to it, dude. I'll get to it. I'm down. So so all right. So everything goes go stops right. So you stop your residency. Did you have a lot of work on the books when this all started? Oh my God, go to Chicago. You should see the back of the t the tour T-shirt. It's like full of dates. You know, that's probably going to be a collector's item now. You know, with a big old canceled on the process. But yeah, we were scheduled all the way through. You know, through a full summer tour with Rick Springfield, which should have happened, and then dates of our own. You know, and uh, we we would have been on the road probably till November, I would think, at least till now. You know. Wow. So, okay, so at the beginning, you don't realize, none of us realize how long this is going to last. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so were you prepared? Are you okay? I mean, you've been doing other things. You yeah, think you know, you make the best of it, right? You know, I've, I've been, like I said, session work has been coming through. And with Chicago, we've been, and it's, it's out already, the news is out. We, we, we're working on an album. And and uh, everybody's submitting material, new songs, and and then Lee Lofnane, our trumpet player, mm -hmm. he built this incredible studio in Sedona, Arizona. If you go to Chicago, theband.com, and you'll see a link to a video of it. And it's I'm dying just to get there. I just like, dude, can I come now? I was like, Mike, I can drive over there and just hang out. He's like, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so, okay, so, so tell me about that because we I I lead the COVID crazies and I I've been alone in my house basically for ten months with uh, with the exception of a few weeks where my boyfriend was being heavily tested and he was coming over. But other than that. My son hasn't even been in my house. So how, what's your COVID? So all of this work you've been doing recording, are you doing it out of your own studio? Have yeah, you been, right here. Have you been in an, it looks amazing. We're gonna have you play in a little bit. Have you been with, what, what's your level of COVID craziness? What, what's your life like? Uh, it's basically Groundhog Day, you know, like the movie, you know, everything's just wake up and I'm like, okay, make breakfast, you know. But the cool thing, okay, now I gotta admit that the, the the blessing side of it okay. is I'm home with the kids and and I'm talking my 14 year old daughter and my 17 year old son and they're teenagers right and they're home doing online study so you know I am I wake up make breakfast you know my daughter usually she's on her own my son waits for the breakfast like dad come on you know so I'm making <laughs> so, and then I'm also at lunchtime I'm also the cafeteria lady from school where, where I either, I try to get creative, you know, I'm like, all right, so sometimes I just make your straight up turkey and cheese sandwich and throw it on the table with some, with a little bag of potato chips, or like today, I made my son uh, carne asada tacos with cheese and like legit tacos. I'm going to talk about your, your chefing because we'll I know, you, okay. We'll yeah. But he, he, uh, it's like that. And then, you know, then, then they're done. They're, I have, Literally, I mean, I'm not kidding. I have snacks ready for them, you know, and then my daughter has to do her uh, her Starbucks run or Pete's run every day, you know, around lunchtime. Well, when she has her hour break. Right. Okay, like, okay, here's a classic example of 
of uh, being the cafeteria lady, so to speak. Uh, my my daughter texts me from upstairs. Right. From the house. Look, we have a small house, okay? And she's texting me, Dad, I ordered Starbucks. Go pick it up. Oh, and I ordered you, and she's like, oh, and I ordered you a, a double cappuccino with almond milk. And I was like, what do you mean? Oh, you got me a drink. Okay, cool. I'll go pick it up. So then I drove to pick it up, and then I got to the house, and then I went upstairs, and I opened the door. She's like, don't come in because you, I don't want my friends and teachers seeing you and Zoom. And so I'm literally with the door open, like holding the drink until she she grabs it from my hand, and then boom, and then I go downstairs. And, and then I come into the studio, and then I do, whether I'm doing work for for some artists that's sending me stuff or stuff that I'm writing, you know, uh, my buddy that I write with Mike Burns, we've been writing for five, six years already. And, and we've been coming up with some cool stuff and whether it's COVID related, you know, like the feeling of being alone or everything's going to be all right, that type of approach. And we've been, we've been writing and some of it's turning into some possibilities for other artists as well to record. Nice. I had I had Leland play on a couple of tracks. Like I sent him stuff, to, you know, sent him to play on a couple of uh, recently. And and who else? Oh God, uh, Jeff Young. Do you know Jeff Young? Uh, Incredible I, singer, I piano I player. I'm sure you. Jeff's been in my living room. I mean, we, you were supposed to be in the living room right before this whole thing happened. We were just arranging something. I you play with Snuffy right before it all, which is how I met you. Actually, we'll get to that. But no. so how yeah. how are you able to do? I assume you can't play on Zoom live with other people. Does that not work? Nah, that doesn't work. You have to pre. You have to record your part separate, but with with the music that everybody's hearing and the click track and then you know and I videotape myself with I have a nice camera here and audio tape it videotape it and then send both files to who's ever mixing it whoever's mixing it in their studio and then they put it all together like this Chicago stuff we did uh, we did 25 we did like seven or eight songs for, I've, I've seen a few things that you guys have done and they're amazing I mean it sounds phenomenal it does it's amazing yeah yeah it was it's kind of fun to do but weird at the same time, you know, you know, like when I watch it, I was like, oh yeah, they're the guys, there's Brett, there's yeah. Wally, you know, and it's like, but I want to be with, we all want to be together making music, hello, you know, but, oh, and I was saying, okay, so this past weekend, yeah, um, just, I get calls, two separate artists, Paul, Paul Stanley, and then Jonathan Butler, right, so Paul's manager calls up and says, uh, we're, we need to videotape because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I told you, but we have an album coming out in January with Paul Stanley. It's called Paul Stanley and the Soul Station, right? And it's all 60s R&B music. I love it. It's By the way, we, we have six, uh, two degrees because Ace Freely used to play at my jams all the time in New York. Awesome. So uh, my, my, my little kiss uh, thing there. But anyway, yeah. so, so how long have you been playing with Paul? For about five years now, this project has been happening for a while. And you know what's cool the way it began? <laughs> Paul, okay, so now let me take a step early. It was a Saturday, it was a Saturday morning. And okay, so it would it happened to be record store day. Okay. You remember, you know, like, well, you know, they record store day usually is in April. I think they're doing it in November or December this year, but they it's it's basically an encouragement to get out 
to mom and pop record stores or to Amoeba or, you know, and buy albums, buy, you know know what an album is over there, people, you know, like to buy an album. And it just brings business to these record stores, right? So it was record store day that day. And, you know, Gabby asked me at this point, okay, it was five years ago. So she's 14, she was nine. She's like, let's go do something, dad. And I said, all right. I said, well, you know what? It's record store day. Let's go and just show you what I used to do when I was your age, right? So we walked into the record store and then I'm pulling out albums. I bought this one. Look, babe, I got this one. And then I pulled out Kiss Alive 2. And I said, you want to see something crazy, something, you know, like just rock and roll. And I opened it up and I started naming the guys. And I said, this was a big album. I bought it and I was so happy to have it, you know, taking it home on the bus, Tower Records, Hollywood. Okay, now, now it's, that was around 11 a.m. So now it's around 2 p.m. My phone rings and it says, uh, unknown what is it like unknown caller or no, right. no caller id like something like that whatever so i never answer those i'm just like i always think it's solicitors or something but right so i answered it boom and then i hear hey can i speak to ray Eastloss? and I said, this is ray and, and he goes hi this is paul stanley uh sean hurley gave me your number and i went yeah sean sean's a good friend paul step what and, I went, <laughs> and i'm like okay well Maybe it's another Paul Stanley. Wait, on the very day that you were showing his album? Wow. Okay, so I, Paul, you know, Paul starts talking, asking me, are you available on this day? I'm putting a band together to do, we, he said, I'm putting a band together to do a show at my kid's school. A wow. fundraiser at my kid's school. And, and as I'm hearing him, I'm realizing this is Paul Stanley. This is Paul <laughs> fucking Stanley from Kids, right? You know? So it was like, because I'm hearing his voice and you could, you know, he's very distinctive voice, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm available. And he goes, oh, awesome. Okay, so I'm going to text you my cell phone number and next week I'll send you the set list. I'm out of town right now. And, and then I went, awesome, thank you. So hung up the phone and I was like, and I told Gabby, you remember that album I showed, the guy with the star? He just called, <laughs> you know? But, and okay, so the Benefit concert was really cool. Uh, it was Paul Stanley and and friends. I don't know if the name Soul Station was was already named. I don't think it was, but it was also the Foo Fighters. So it was us and the Foo Fighters playing playing at a school at a kids at their kids school. That's so one hell of a school. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then and then uh, when we finished the gig, Paul. I remember Paul texting us all and said, "This sounded way too good to not do it again." Wow. So we're going to do this again. I hope everybody's in and everybody just started checking that off. And since then, wow, it's been, you know, experimenting with ideas, songs, working with songwriters. The album is a collaboration of some covers with original stuff. And, and I just heard the mixes and it's amazing. So it, like I said, the album comes out in January and we just filmed. So Friday night, Friday we filmed, uh, six songs at some sound stage, sound stage. So you were live with the people. Yeah, and that was the first time I have been around musicians since March. Okay, so now tell me what that was like. How, how did they handle it? It was, first of all, you're like, you know, wow, it's great to see you and, you know, and, and we all were COVID tested before. Everybody had to do the legit COVID test at the film production, everybody. Right. So it was, to the T, beautiful, well done. And 
and uh, uh, it was great. I mean, it was great to see Paul, great to see the gang and the crew, and you know, and we're all, all of us had the same emotion. You could tell, all of us had that same feeling. Of, so did you do, did you socially distance? Did you mask, yeah. did you not? Doing the elbow, the elbow hug, you know, and uh, right. you know, and yeah, and we were up there, we played the tunes and it was epic. We were there all day and having fun, talking, you know, playing. So then I go home, right? I go home and I'm just, you know, awesome. It was a great night. Saturday, I worked with Jonathan Butler, Rick Braun, Dave Cause, uh, Daryl Williams, and Eric Valentine. There was a, a streaming show for Rick Braun. He does a thing every week called Rick Braun Live Cafe or Rick Braun Cafe Live. Um, and that was just as emotional as well because I don't know if you're familiar with Jonathan Butler's music, I'm but it's, it, he's incredible. It's from South Africa and uh, and he has a lot of things to say, you know, and, but the rhythms and everything, it was, it was, once again, it was two nights back to back of just being around live music. Okay, was that one does, done as safely? Did everybody test? Did they socially? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, you have to do that in order to be together. So, and, and it was the same thing, you know, mask on until we, until we went live, you know. Right, right. And then we were, you know, pretty separated from each other. So it was, and that one you can see on YouTube right now oh, or on no. Facebook. If you go to Rick Braun's, I mean, don't leave here. Wait till we're No, I, I'm not leaving you, but no, you'll, you'll send me the link afterwards and I'll put it in the description so cool. that everybody can watch it after the show. So that was, yeah, I mean, it was two back-to-back -back nights of incredible music and musicians and messages and fun and, but it was, I hadn't done anything since March, since I, you know, I mean, live though, I'm talking live. Right, right. Thank God, lots of recording sessions here. So that's been good. So, so the recording session, so you can basically play tracks for anybody uh, and yep. you play with, I mean, I, the list of people that you have recorded with is just extraordinary and toured with and played with. And we'll get through some of that. But sure. so has, are you, you were telling me you were slammed the other day. So you're busy, you're busy, you're working and busy. Well, when I say busy, <laughs> I okay. mean, I'm busy in here in the yeah. studio, but don't right. forget, I got two teenagers to deal with too. So, and I'm also driving Gabby to uh, volleyball practice uh, three days a week. So okay, so now wait a minute, how does that work? How do kids get together and touch balls and be close and do it's, that? It's, it's, it's conditioning, it's not, it's not necessarily practiced. It's called volleyball conditioning. So it's more training, you know, like they run, they do, uh, you know, exercises, and then they do one-on-one -on -one over the net type approach. So they're not, and they're all in masks, you know, it's a bummer because she has to do all of, all of that in masks, but, but it's good because she's around the students around the, which is very good. I really, I, I'm enjoying the fact that they, they're put together with their friends, you know, and, and uh, that's such an important part of high Did they go a long period of time no, not being around life. other yeah. kids? Oh, you froze again. I'm sorry? Was that? Did they go a long period of time not being around other kids? Were they able to socialize all the way through? They, they, they did. Uh, they went, you know, they went through. Hey, Herman, Sierra. Herman Matthews is with us. Herman, <laughs> talk about pocket and groove. He's a monster. I love you, Herman. 
I miss you, man. I miss you, dude. He's going red. <laughs> now, talk about food. Have you seen his posts of his, his I, I can't. And eggs and oh. I want him to be my wife. I want yeah. Herman to cook for me every unbelievable food he's making. Yeah. And, his flavoring is so gorgeous. That's like the, the colors and the flavor. Herman, you know it's all about presentation, right? You know, I do the same thing, you know. <laughs> it is, it's all about. So wait, so your kids have been able to socialize from the beginning? How has that worked? Well, not really, not in the beginning. No. In the beginning it was very difficult. Uh, uh, they socialized on Zoom and, you know, like that. And, and uh, but you know what? They're at the age where this is okay. This is like, you could know, because they're on, they're talking to their friends or, or they're on the phone. They're just not with them. You know, and then my son is all about gaming. So they game together. They get on games and they play the games together. And he has a headset and they're cracking up, they're talking. But as far as like hanging out in public or hanging out in person, uh, it didn't start happening until the summertime. And that was still like on the porch. When they would come right. over here, it was like three guys, three of Diego's friends. I would order a pizza. Everybody would have the individual pizzas. Then they would be outside. Right. You know? porch on the lawn nobody comes in the house right you know? it's like use the bathroom before you show up you know <laughs> that the whole bathroom thing is really like how do, how do you handle that when you're at the studio everybody just kind of does because you're tested well I mean what do you mean at the studio at, at, uh, yeah like when you when you went and did the gig the, oh, they, oh. Had, they had plenty of bath and they were constantly cleaning them they had people cleaning they had they had okay you had your crew oh. You had right. your, your film crew, and then there was a cleaning yeah. crew, like just, you know, constantly. And I was like, yeah, I mean, awesome. You know, they had stations all over the place where you wash your hands, and, and it's all by foot. You step on it, wash your hands. Nice. So, okay, so how are your, how are you, do you think your kids are getting the same education they'd be getting if they were in the classroom? How, how do you feel about all of that? That's a Good question. I don't. I don't know. I mean, their their grades are fine. They're mm -hmm. A's and B's. But but the you know what I feel bad for are like my my niece and nephew who are younger, yeah. who need the teacher, who need yeah. And I'm talking like ten years and younger, eleven right. years and younger. Right. And where I feel bad for the parents who have to sit there with them six seven hours. Come on, right? Where where okay. you know where okay, pay attention, here's what they're talking, you know, writing, the, that's insane to me. I mean, but I feel like, I, I feel bad for those kids because they're all about, you know, classroom setting. Right. It has to be a classroom setting. So, you know, we'll see about that. I mean, but I am like, uh, thank God these two are old enough to like, go do your homework, go get in class, you know. And how are your kids together? Like, are they, are they close so that their, their socialization together is good? Oh yeah, they're good together good like like today when when i went me and gabby went to starbucks to get her drink she's like hold on let me ask diego if he wants something i said nice. oh, you're you're a good sister good you know and i tell them both go wash the dishes I'm tired of washing dishes so go wash the dishes so, so they're together and they're talking you know it, and like i said seeing that because normally i'd be on the road every summer right i would be i wouldn't see summer vacation with them i wouldn't see their right. time off of right. school you know, and, and I was there this year, this summer, and I was like, this is kind of cool. I'm seeing their teenage years, you know, unfold. And, and then now Diego's applying to colleges, hello, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm like, Ugh. 
<laughs> college. I, my daughter went to NYU and I'll be paying oh. it off for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's where Gabby wants to go. She wants to go to NYU. She wants to go to study in New York. She doesn't necessarily NYU, but she wants to, she wants to be a New Yorker. So. Yeah. My daughter's still there. I haven't seen her since this all started, since February. Uh -huh. It's killing me. I got, I got to tell you, this whole thing, my kids are grown and they're out of the house. And my son's local, but I can't have him come in the house because he lives with people who go out in the world. And it's not there. It's the concept. Yeah. So we meet out in his backyard and have meals and stuff. That's how we're going to do Thanksgiving. Uh, but so do you do things as a family? Like, do you watch Netflix together? Do you do stuff? You know, it, in the beginning of COVID, we did. It was cool. We would play, we would do puzzles. We would have the, have, you know, put an album on. Oh, my daughter was all into buying albums. She still is. But I would, I would tell her, don't even, don't even ask for my position, my, my, you know, my permission, just ask for, just get the album. I don't, if you want to buy an album, go ahead. I don't care. So she was ordering albums and then we would sit in the living room and do a, a game, whatever, Uno, or do a puzzle and listen to the album. Now it's like they, she has a little record player upstairs. So she listens to her albums up there. Now she wants speakers for the record player. I'm like, dude, come on. But, but yeah, I mean, we still, of course we hang, but it was, it was, it's like they got used to it now, you know, they're like, okay, you know, it, it's, it's the, the difference now is um, what's for dinner? What are you going to make for dinner? You know, and then it's like creative, you know. So. Do you eat dinner as a family? Do you sit down or is, are they taking it to their rooms and doing all they, of that? They, they come in, well, once in a while in the kitchen, but they come and grab the plate because they have a lot of homework and I get it, you know. I get it. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about you as a foodie because I've been, I've been watching you. You, you know how to cook. You know how to do this thing. Well, I, I try. I try. I, it, a lot of it was trial and error, but I do get, you, like my neighbors, for instance, my neighbors, Rob and Patty, they're incredible yeah. cooks, like wow factor. Like just today, uh, Rob texts me, um, are you home? I want to drop off one of your Tupperware things and, and Patty made homemade chicken soup. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I grab it. Thanks, Rob. All right, see you later, Bomb. I put some in a bowl and I was like, dude, I need the recipe now. <laughs> so he texts me the recipe. And that's how it goes. And I, I get recipes either from them or from my buddy Mike Pinto in Illinois. And and he's been he sent me the most incredible crab cake recipe. So, I saw the picture of your crab cakes. Oh okay. my God. I gotta put myself in the back for that one because I I on the grill, right? Say what? You made them on the grill, didn't you? I did it twice. The first time was standard on, on the, you know, pan fries. Second right. time was a grill. Yes. And the grill mm. was even better. It was wow. that nice little crunch on top where you, you know, you, and it, it made the crunch sound. I love that. That with a great glass of white wine, the Chardonnay, the combination is, was perfect. So I've done that several times and I, I, I have purchased cookbooks. You know what I love on Sunday morning, the Sunday morning show, CBS, CBS Sunday morning, right? Uh -huh. They, oh no, it's Saturday. Well, I watch both Saturday and Sunday. Okay. One of them always does a segment on cooking or mm -hmm. restaurants or something. So then I start taking notes or I order the cookbook from the chef they're talking to, right? So then I've experimented with that. So it, it's, I mean, it's fun for me. It's relaxing. And I'll do regular dishes sometimes too, you know, like chicken, rice, veggies, or, you know, grilled steak, or even, I found that, that a filet mignon, a good filet mignon, 
pan frying it with butter and rosemary and garlic is better than doing it on the grill you know because it's, it's like because you're constantly putting the butter it holds the juice it holds the juice i mean it's not the healthiest thing but but then then i'll do a five mile walk or a 14 mile bike ride or something. Okay, we're gonna talk about the fitness too. And I also wanna talk about the vitamins you're drinking. We got a lot to talk about. All right, first I wanna hear about shopping. How have you been handling shopping in, in COVID? Well, in the beginning of COVID, I was doing Instacart. You know, that's it, just ordering everything. And it was great, it was fine, you know, but now forget it. I mean, I go mask on and, you know, uh, I mean, even when I would go, I would bring the bags. <laughs> And I would spray the bags down with the Clorox and before I would, I would unpack everything on the porch and then bring it in, wipe it down and put it away. And, you know, as, as it was recommended, you know, and, but now it's, I, well, they said on the news, you don't have to do that anymore. It's not that I, bad. All right. I haven't been in a store since February, beginning of March, which is insane. I still get everything delivered. So what stores are you shopping in and do you feel safe? Oh yeah, I feel safe. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I spray my hands. I have the, you know, the, right. you know, I always do that. So yeah. um, there's a cool store here called Howie's, which is an excellent market for meat, fish, and a lot of little things, you know, but then mm -hmm. I hit the regular markets, you know, I'll go to Vons, Ralph's, Whole Foods once in a while. And you feel safe in there? Uh, if, I see, if, I, if I see a line, I won't go. Right. You know? I was just like, oh, bail. I was like, I'm not going to wait. So Trader Joe's is a favorite of mine, but they always have a line. But uh, but it goes pretty quick. It goes pretty quick. So. And is there anything else, like, other than going to the market? Is there any, and uh, you did two dates recently, two sessions. Is there anything else that you do? Like, what else, what else do you leave your house for in this? Uh, let me see. God, I mean, the only thing, the only time I, I really left, what me and Gabby took a long drive to the beach and we just drove up and down PCH, like from literally like from Redondo Beach all the way up to Malibu. Nice. And it was, it was, it was a beautiful day and just listening to music and, you know, we took, took our Starbucks and drove, you know, and uh, did that a couple of times mm -hmm. just to get, you know, just to get out of the house. That's all. But I'll, what I, what I'll do, I walk a lot, you know, I love the area, you know, my area's peaceful and, you know, beautiful and just, I'll do three to five mile walk, depending, depending what time of day. If I go like at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., then I, a little longer, but if I go later in the day, then it's a little less. And, um, and, oh, the dogs want to get in. Hold on. The dogs, they're just, they're so cute. They're just looking at me through the door, like, can we come in? What are you doing? So, you want to say hello? And hello. Say hello. Oh, this is a very cute one. This is Max. Hey, Max. Max. Over there. Over there. Hi, Max. So. Hey, Max. Hi, Max. Oh, right into the camera. Oh, that is too sweet. Hi, so, Max. His brother's around here somewhere. So, and, and they love being in the studio, by the way. You know, it's funny when uh, they'll sit on the chairs and, and I'll tell them, I got to record. And no, they, don't tell me they know to be quiet. They, they, they're quiet. And, and I'm talking drums, you know, like doesn't, they don't, at first they were like, oh, get me out of here, shit too loud, you know, but, but they're like, okay, like today I was recording congas and they were both on, on the chair, just like watching me, criticizing me, mocking me, you know, like I can see one of them like saying, yeah, no, you know, they're not doing a good job. 
So <laughs> we're going to have you do that in a little bit. And we're going to talk career in a little bit before we do before I want to get to health and fitness and these vitamins you're doing, and then we'll get to the music. So you exercise every day. Are you, are you out there doing something? I, I try to do every day. I, it, it, I, I also have the battle ropes that I ordered, which are awesome. What's that? Okay, it's, it's like a giant jump rope <laughs> and it's weighted, right? So you, I wrap it around the basketball hoop and then you just like, you know, you just like do your arms back and forth and it's weighted. So it's all, it's a lot of cardio. It's cardio upper body strength here. So I'll do that while I'm listening to Dodger talk or AM, you know, the- how, how long can you do? I mean, you're a percussionist. So I'm gathering, you have a lot of upper body strength. How, how long will you do that for? I'll do, well, it depends. I'll, I'll do like a minute right and then do and then i'll do 30 seconds but do it fast you know and then drink some water and and then i'll do that like rotations then in different ways too you do up and down you do sideways and then you you do it like you're riding a horse you know like as long as you get like that wave going right so i don't i'll do it for like 20 minutes maybe you know and one minute at a time so and believe me there's times where i've done it in the heat and then i'm like okay I'm a little dizzy now. You gotta drink water. Wow. It's too much. And they then say that intermittent, like really intense workouts, the best. Like that, you get the most cardio if you do really hard, really fast. And you don't have to do it long, you know, because right. there's a friend of mine who, who's a trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, he told me, you, as long as you do, you get the heart pumping. You get, you know, get get the cardio. E even Neil, our Neil, uh, one of Donnell, our singer with Chicago, uh -huh. on tour, he was giving me hint like pointers do this do that and you don't have to do a lot of it as long as you do it once in a while here's here's the other dog here's sparky hi sparky hi sparky <laughs> very cute he's a chubba look at him very, yeah, you know. okay so you do so you do and and you're a big bike rider you like do like long you know i ride but i don't ride like mr lauren gold does <laughs> I love Lauren. Hi, Lauren. I love Lauren. I love Lauren. He's, he's, he's one of my brothers, but he, I'll, I'll, I see, see, I stopped posting how many miles I do. Right? I was like the other day I posted 14 I and I was like, oh shit, you know, then Lauren is going to 30 miles. You know? I did 40 miles today and I'm like, what the hell? And he, and he asked me, hey, let's go riding together. I said, dude, no, I'm not riding with you. I said, I'll ride with you for like, an hour and then i'm done yeah so but it, it for me it's 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 mental you know like even okay i was talking to paul stanley about writing paul yeah. goes down and he writes a lot as well and i see now this like in our picture just like he's boring. he does 30 mile rides and he'll do it every day wow and i'm like i i don't have i don't think i have the bike first of all to do that great of a ride so uh yeah me and lauren went when bike shopping you know just to check them out and right uh, Man, it's it's insane. There's some great bikes out there, you know, and uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you have to move. I have to, the body has to move. And when I was on tour, I would, I mean, there's, you know, the performance was a workout. Absolutely, two, for you. Hours. And, you know, I would wear my my um, my Apple Watch. I have a Fitbit, yeah. And, and, you know, I would measure, you know, I'd turn it on and, and the steps, you know, measure the steps. And it was funny because I was showing Robert Lamb um, after one show. I said, man, I just did 
15,000 steps. Get out of here. The equivalent to a seven mile run. Wow. And he goes, and Robert made me laugh. Robert goes, wait a minute. All you're doing is this and then this and then and this. And he goes, that's not, that's not exercising. And I was laughing. I said, no, my watch said I was exercising. So that's hysterical. But it, I mean, it is, it is a workout, you know, especially on that show, especially on the Chicago show. It's, it's a, it's a workout. So know? do you have to, does that keep you in shape or do you have to work out to be in shape for that? Yes, exactly. I, I needed to maintain the energy for the show, right? So right. I, you know, you prep, you prep before you go on the road because from day show one, you have to be, you know, you have to be rocking, you have to, you have to be doing it. And meanwhile, on days off, I would hit the gym of the hotel. Right. And do a real, do a good, good workout. And on show days, I would still hit the gym, but I would do a very light workout because I knew I had cardio, a lot of cardio doing that night. Right. Right. So, so, and, and besides the working out, you know, we would walk the city, whatever city you're in. Right. And that is always fun to do. And you're walking, you're moving. So. Do you have a special diet? Like, do you carb load or do, do you, do you prep for a, a show? Is there like, do you have a, a, diet that you follow when you're on before, the show? before show no not i mean i don't necessarily follow any specific eating habits but i'll make sure i, I don't know I, I i try not to eat a lot before show because it, right. it, it get very uncomfortable you know and um but no not really i just make sure uh, uh, okay we take a 20 minute uh intermission right so sometimes I'm like, all right, I need something. And there's like peanut butter or something. I'll make a quick peanut butter sandwich side right. stage and, or, you know, back in the dressing room or, or cheese and crackers or pepperoni, whatever, you know, not pepperoni that, you know, like the, the, whatever in between snacks and all that pop in some of that. And, you know, and then back on stage, but never anything like, I'm not going to eat a steak real quick right. or chicken sandwich or anything, but uh, just main, maintaining the energy because I have, gone on stage and not eaten dinner because it was busy backstage and yeah. oh man oh i f you feel it you oh, feel it. and i feel like just weak you know it's like i gotta get something so i i would tell my drum tech give me bring me a gatorade at least i can down that you know during the show so so that would help yeah. and so and then after the show do you have to refuel because you've just used so many calories mm-hmm Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You would, my norm, I would tell Steve Brombach, our manager, my norm. Uh, I said, if you don't find me, cause we would do, you know, order food, right? Uh, if you don't find me, just anything grilled chicken and veggies, <laughs> anything, it, it, every restaurant has grilled chicken right. menu or a chicken sandwich, but no mayo, just dry, you know, chicken and cheese or chicken and whatever. Uh, that was always my go-to. And, um, that was it. Rarely I would eat heavy because if we had a long bus ride, you know, I'd never wanted to feel that, you know, I didn't. And then I would grab the, the protein bars and take them to the room, get hungry in the room in the middle of the night and snack on that, you know, and you're good. So, all right. I just saw tons of coffee. Yeah, that's You're not a coffee good. drinker. So yeah, yeah so am I. <laughs> I yeah, know. Not the best thing, but I can't live without it. Um, today yeah. I did this this test for my GI thing and I couldn't, 
I had a fast for 16 hours and I couldn't have coffee until 3 p.m. It was torture from hell. Um, so I just saw today that you have these vitamin drinks that you're doing. Yeah. Everybody's wondering when the hell is she going to talk about the music? I promise I'm going to talk about the music. But what's with the vitamin drinks that you're doing? Tell me about that. Okay, her name is Lisa Lynn and I okay. she's based out of Florida. She, I met her uh, through Wally and through the guys in the band because she was providing protein powder drinks and and just her vitamin supplements and everything to the guys because she I mean, and she came up to me one day after show mm -hmm. and she said and she is like a trainer and knows everything about fitness she's incredible she's a sweetheart too she um she said okay i'm gonna send you some product i need your address and start taking it it's gonna help you you know with working out it's gonna help you you know burn fat and it's gonna give you energy so and and wait, wait, before we go on did you were you taking supplements prior to this yes and no just vitamins really like okay. and, and i would do the vega uh, uh greens drink the shake right. you know mix it with almond milk and shake it up in the room and drink that it was good you know that works but mm -hmm. when i started taking her product now those two i posted today the right. power shot and the daily shot i believe um those are incredible and I really feel the difference because you know come on we're getting older you know with our joints and and movement especially walking and biking and and just your energy my energy level increased but not like you know not like caffeine increase it was very natural and I found myself more like it's mental too it's mental energy as well as physical energy so it I well, I'm, I tell her, thank you so much. You know, we communicate every once in a while. I make sure I tag her on all the posts. And I mean, I really, I, I, I'm a strong believer in that product. Wally uses it too. And, you know, and, you know. And so every day you do a shot of each one of those? Yeah. Yeah. I usually, I get, I get a, sh a, a shot glass, you know, and, and pour that in, boom, and then do the next one. And it's good. And it's fine on the stomach too. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I'll have yogurt or oatmeal or eggs in the morning and then I take the drink, you know, then I take, then I pop the drinks. Cause so. I am literally taking like 30 by supplements a day and just swallowing the pills is just, yeah. it's, it, I hate it. I but I thought it, it seemed to have pretty much between the two, everything I'm taking. It, it does. Like an easier way to do it. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, it definitely does. And I'll, I'll send you her information so you can. Excellent. And I'll post it. I'll be happy to post for it because I'm, I'm looking for it. I cannot stand swallowing all those supplements. It just makes me crazy. And it, they're also nauseating. Does it yeah. make you queasy to take her stuff? No, not at all. And then I also take the fat burner pill, which it's it's a good sized pill, but it goes down fine. And then you don't, you know, you don't have to take it with anything. I just take it with a lot of water. And I usually take that before I work out. You know, and, and she said, she, and she said, you're going to notice a difference on, you'll feel more muscle than, than fat, you know, and, and she goes, but you might gain weight. So be careful because you're gaining muscle weight. Wow. You know, which, well, which is, but I saw something on her. I did look on her. I, I think I saw her site after I saw your thing, I looked her up and she said she has something for weight loss that you can lose like a pound at some, some crazy thing. Yeah. I don't know what I, I need to talk to her about that one as well. Yeah, but, so do I. <laughs> Say what? So do I. <laughs> I know. You I need to talk about that one. Um, so okay. So let's get to the music. So 
So I, I, I did a little cheating today and I heard some stuff. It, it, tell me, all right, so you're a little kid, you have siblings, yeah. your house is filled with music. Were, were your parents musical? No, no, they, well, I mean, they, they love music, but they weren't, you know, they weren't musicians. And it's funny because my dad used to say, because, okay, my brother Gil, my brother Bill, my brother Jerry, they're all musicians, right? And my dad- and you're, say, you're younger? I'm the youngest of seven, yeah. Oh, seven? Seven, yeah. And, wow. and it, it's five, five guys, two girls, five boys, two girls. Um, and my dad would always say, I don't know where the hell you guys got this from. It's like, not even, not even your uncle or not even your, it was like, I don't know. I mean, I got it from my brothers because that's how I grew up. I grew up listening to what they listened to, you know? I didn't, you know, you're, I was the youngest of seven. I, I had no control of anything in that house. <laughs> the TV, the radio, the, the record player, nada, nothing. So I just did what I was told to do, you know, like, hey, sit here, listen to this. And, and they're the ones who turned me on to Chicago as well. Okay, so now, did I hear this right? Was that the first, tell us the story of the first concert you went to, because that's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, okay, so I don't know, I was eight or nine years old, and it was a Friday night, and I remember I'm sitting in the kitchen, you know, whatever, at the house, mom and dad, and in walks my brother and my sister-in-law. Uh -huh. They were dating at the time, they were dating, and my mom asked them, what are you guys doing tonight? And my sister-in-law said, oh, we're just going to go to a concert, you know, at the Greek theater. And, 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 and my dad goes, oh, who are you, gonna get, who are you guys going to go see? My brother said, we're going to see Chicago. They're in town. And I remember I jumped from the chair and I said, wait a minute. And you're not taking me? <laughs> and you're then, okay? Yeah. My, and my brother was like, well, we're, you know, we're going to a con. We've got two tickets. And, and I literally went to the door. I was so upset. I was crying. I, I was hurt that I wasn't invited. I was everything hating them for not inviting me, you know, and I blocked the door and I said, you're not going without me, you know? And then my, my mom went over there and, oh my God, embarrassing kid, get away from the door, you know? <laughs> and then, and then my sister-in-law, she, she told my brother, she said, oh, uh, well, maybe we can exchange the two tickets for three tickets at, at the Greek. Right. Wow. He, he had gotten like really good seats. Right. So nevertheless, I'm in the car. We're all going to the concert. Um, Mr. Excited. Right. So we get to the Greek and then they, he was able to exchange them, but he got three tickets last row. Up oh. On oh, I didn't care. I just wanted to be there. I felt bad oh, for them, for them I, who gave up their good seats. And you know, exactly. So there I was at the Greek theater and, uh, excited it's my first concert and like I sang along to every song they played and and now I told Robert Lamb that story last year because last summer we played or was it last summer 20 yeah 2019 we played the Greek theater on our summer tour and when we were there that day I said hey Robert you know what what my first concert was and it was here and he goes what what did you see I said it was it was last row wave and we were on stage looking at the seats right right Last row, I said it was to see Chicago. And he goes, What? And I goes, Yeah. And he just, he smiled. And he just patted me. And he goes, I guess you were meant to be here then. And, you know, wow. it, so it was, it was very, like, of course, very emotional to be playing the Greek with Chicago, you know. And I hadn't played the Greek theater 
probably about five or six years prior to that. So it was a it was a great night. It was a fun night and tons of friends and family were there. Oh God, you can imagine how many people were like, hey, can you get me tickets? Can you get me tickets? Get me tickets. Oh my God. All right. So let so let okay. So you're a little kid. How how does the music start in you? Because already you were passionate about it. You were crying because you couldn't go to Chicago. When did it start for you, Ray? Well, well, they like I said, my brothers played and they were in high school. Mm -hmm. They had high school bands whether, I mean, like put together bands. Right. So I, at our house, mm -hmm. we had this big back room, you know, this, this, this huge room, right? And my brother's band would set up their gear and leave it there and they would rehearse and they were playing, we're talking like Earth, Wind & Fire, Blood, Sweat & Tears, Chicago, everything. Well, you they, have horn, they have horn bands in the house. They have horn bands, yeah, they yeah. have horn bands. And sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. So, uh, so I would always sit. That to me, that was my entertainment, my TV, my you know. I wouldn't really hang out with the neighborhood kids. I would just sit and watch. On those nights, I would be like, nope, I'm going to watch them rehearse. And I was always amazed at how people are making music like that, right? So, and I always always talk to the drummers. Just talk to their drummers. Like, uh, what do you do? Well, and then my brother would say, "Hey, don't touch the gear. Don't touch the gear." So I remember I would try to rush home because I knew my my brother my brothers wouldn't get home uh, till like four thirty from school, uh -huh. right? And I could get home because I was walking distance. I could get home by three. So that means I sit behind the drum set, put headphones on, and play to anything right? without them knowing it. Because my dad wasn't home, he wouldn't tell me anything. He was working, and my mom didn't had no clue that that I, that's what I wanted she to do. She had too many kids. So I would do that. Exactly. She had no. You know, so you were pulled to the drums on your own. Was your brother a drummer? No, he played piano, guitar, and they sang. So yeah, he wasn't a drummer. I just. I just, you know, went there. You know? So, wow. so I would, um, okay. So I would do that every chance I could because the gear lived at the studio. I mean, at the studio, at the house. Right. And then when my brother saw me cause he came home early and I freaked out, you know, and he said, wait a minute, keep playing. He goes, keep playing, you know? And he was like, oh, he can, you know, he can play. So now fast forward, I'm in high school. I was, no, I was in eighth grade. And mm -hmm. I was playing in a band with seniors of a high school because wow. they couldn't find a drummer. So somebody recommended- Wait, So Ray, me. you started out on drum. I mean, you didn't start out as a percussionist. You started out on drums? Drum set, yeah. Okay. But I, I didn't study it. All I did was learn by ear, you know? Okay. And watch, I would watch drummers and learn by ear. So I didn't- Do you read music? Learn. I'm sorry? Do you read music? Yeah, now I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. now I do. When I that'll be you know forward into okay. the next movement okay. of this conversation <laughs> but but uh i would yeah so I, I would have to sneak out of the house with the drum set to hang out with the seniors <laughs> to play Be literally i remember one time like like giving sneak out with a drum kit come on yeah the first thing obviously the first thing is the, the, the kick drum i would <laughs> tell the guys go in the backyard i'm gonna leave it in the backyard you know and then, and then I would do the same thing. They would get it, sneak it into the car. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go hang out with the guys. I'll see you later. And they're like, well, guys, these aren't your classmates. It's like, no, they're, and they would come to the door. Hello, Mr. Eastlaws. <laughs> he's gonna, 
you know, seniors, they have mustaches and shit, you know, it's like, you know, so I was like, yeah, we're, you know, and then I told my dad one time, I said, oh, we're in a band, we have a band, you know, and, and it was cool. And we're playing. Oh, wait a why did these seniors, why are they taking this eighth grader in? How did they couldn't find a drummer? I don't know why they couldn't find a drummer. I mean, it's like, seriously, you can't find a drummer, you know, and you, and you want this kid. And well, one of, one of the guys was a good friend of, of mine. Right, David, Laura, good friend, and then Richard Rangel, those guys. I, I knew them growing up, but they became just, you know, garage band type players. So they're like, ah, just play, you know, it'd be fun. And so they would always, it was funny, they would always, always, always make fun of me being the youngest one. Like we would go, this always, it still makes me laugh. We would go to restaurants. Wait, wait, were you like little? I mean, as were you like little or were you a bit, were you, you were little? I was, yeah, okay. well, 13, 14. Yeah. And they were very tall and I was very <laughs> short, you know, little in age and little in height. So, right. so they would, okay, so uh, let's say we went to McDonald's, right, for lunch or whatever. Right. So I would go to the bathroom and when I would come back, they had ordered me a booster seat. <laughs> <laughs> they would do it every time. Oh. It, but it made me laugh. It, it never affected me like, oh, you're making fun of me. It, I was player i was like oh that is the funniest shit ever so they would just sit there like waiting for me to approach like <laughs> and they would laugh so so that was yeah it was it was pretty hilarious so uh but to me i was i just felt i was loved that's all <laughs> now, how were you able to get out like were you doing gigs like how, what were you where no, were you playing backyard parties and yeah high school stuff you know like whatever the functions they had at high school whether it was a after football game or pre-football game they would get little gigs here oh, we're playing my brother's birthday party at the house can we you know they want you know I said, yeah let's go why not you know and we would we would spend literally all day saturday and sunday rehearsing at dave's house wow. all day long i mean and that was the best for me we were like just hey let's learn learn a new song what song find one okay let's learn this one so and that was all day long. Sometimes it'd be like going home at 10 p.m. and being there from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And what kind of music were you guys playing? Oh, rock and roll. Just yeah. all whatever was on KLOS, KMET, you know, whatever was like just rock and roll, you know? Okay, so you're a little, so now you get into high school. By the time you get into high school there, what, how does your career progress from there? Well, and, and when do you make a transition? You, how long? How long were you a drummer before you became a percussionist? I think I started taking. Okay, I, here's here's what was going on. I was getting more exposed to real drummers, <laughs> you know, like right. like drummers who can read and drummers who can play, uh, um, uh, like jazz, play all sorts of styles of music, right? Uh, listening to Chick Corea, to Dave Weckl, guys who can, you know, play, guys who are coming out of Berkeley, guys who are coming out of USC, you know, and then I was realizing, I don't know what I'm doing on that kid. All I play is two and four, you know, that's it. I don't, I'm not doing what they do and they're reading. So I, it was, it was a little bit intimidating to see that. And also I was also listening to a lot more Latin music. Uh -huh. So then I, made the transition and I saved money, bought percussion gear. But when I got the gear, that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to take lessons. 
you know. So then I started, I studied at uh, Grove School of Music, which mm -hmm. was in Van Nuys, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and then I started taking private lessons, like with Alex Acuna and Luis Conte, you know, studying with those guys just one-on-one. -on -one. And I studied with Luis for over, well over a year. Mm -hmm. And then when the Cuban, okay, now we're talking, no, you know, this is pre-YouTube, pre, you know, MP3. And how old are you when this is going on? This is like, that was around 18, 19, around uh -huh. 19, 20, around there. So when I, when I started playing percussion and, but, but really studying it and hanging out with other percussionists and learning from them and guys that are my age and guys that are older and going to the big potato as often as I could to see Lenny Castro play with Lukather or, you know, whoever. You know, it just like, just, I needed to be around live music, right? Right. So, so I would do that as often as I could. I mean, sometimes I literally would, would not eat uh, on a Monday. So I'm not spending money. So I can eat a baked potato at the baked potato, right? <laughs> and, you know, cause I'd be like, I got, let me see, cover. It's $15 covered. That's a two drink minimum. And they, uh, for, okay, I can do $40. Okay, so I won't eat until I go to the big potato right? and hang out there and watch and get there early, ha have dinner, hopefully talk to the guys, hopefully have a chat with them. And, you know, and every once in a while, uh, I get to sit in. But, but wow. it, the learning part, and it's still a learning element of, well, you know, there's drums from around the world that I don't, I haven't touched yet, you know. Um, and, and like I said, it's pre- uh, YouTube, right. free MP3s, you know, no downloading. This is all, you had to find music through somebody else, through a connection. Wally Reyes, when I met Wally Reyes, he was playing with Santana. And Wally let me borrow a bunch of VHS videos of Cuban drummers wow. that, that his dad uh, had videotaped. And so... I went to Wally's house and we sat there and we watched it and we tried playing and he was showing me stuff. And, and then he said, here, take them home and study them. So I would set up, you know, the whole, you know, the VCR with the TV and the drums and just practice and try to learn what they're doing. And then uh, here's a funny story. Uh, one of the main, main guys, Changuito came to LA through Rebecca Malion, who's a piano player and she incredible writer as well. A uh, songwriter, and she wrote a couple of books on history of Latin music. Wow. So anyway, so she brought Changuito to San Francisco, LA, to give private lessons. Right, and word got out. So I got, I was able to sneak. I was able to get somebody's canceled cancellation bookings because she called me up. If you can make it here by three p.m., you can have a lesson with them. Oh, oh cash, pay the cash. So I walk in there and. And he is, man, you know, incredible. He's one of the biggest percussionist leaders of the whole percussion world, right? So I'm nervous like a motherfucker. I'm nervous, right? So, so I'm sitting across from him and he's telling me, all right, play, play. And I'm well, okay, I'll play. And he's like, you don't know what you're doing. He's like, he's like, you don't, it doesn't, no, it doesn't sound good. Play this, play this. So I play it. And he's like, no, no. And he literally got up and walked out of the room. And I thought, is my lesson over? Wow. Or like what? Stood up, walked out. And then walked back in two minutes later with a bottle of Havana Club rum 
and a six pack of Corona. And he's like, pours me a shot, pours himself a shot, drink it. He opens a couple of beers and each of us are having a beer and then we're talking now. We're just talking. Right. And then he goes, all right, now play it. He goes, now play. And I played it. I forgot what pattern he was teaching me, but, but i nailed it. And he goes, see, you're just too nervous. And he goes, you were wow. too nervous. And he goes, I don't know why you're nervous, but you were too nervous. So I just started laughing. And needless to say, we drank and played and drank and played and drank and played. So when it was time for me to leave, I really couldn't leave because of a little buzz, right? So, so I, you know, sat it out and then I, I left. So not even two days later, I was getting phone calls like from uh, Luis Conte and Michito Sanchez. And they're like, hey, Ray, you want some rum? <laughs> And I couldn't stop because Changuito had told him I had this guy in my class who was so nervous and until I gave him rum, he was fine. So it just relaxed me. And But that was, I mean, that was a huge part of learning percussion was with the, with him, with the guys who I admire studied with him. Wow. And I've yet to go to Cuba though. I, I've been wanting to go for the longest time just to go hang out you know and then of course with Wally oh my god I've learned so much with Wally before Chicago before even being in the band Chicago me and Wally had a band together called Sinvergüenza which is shameless and you know some incredible musicians from LA you know and and the whole the whole my goal when I started putting the band together I said no rehearsals everybody learn the songs on your own and what happens on stage happens is we're just gonna have fun Wow. I said, and that's the name of the band. It's like Sinvergüenza. I said, yeah, play, play like shamelessly, as I, you know, and we would, and it was an, it was a great band, but the problem was it was made up of like, you know, members of, uh, you know, Tarek Akoni on guitar, mm -hmm. uh, Oscar Cartay on bass, um, the lead singer for Santana, everybody was busy, you know, so we never really had an opportunity to be in LA at the same time. Wally was back and forth with Santana. So whenever he was around, as he tried to book a date at Cafe Cordial or somewhere else. We played Dodger Stadium a couple of times for the, the pregame. The pre okay, so wait, let, let's back up a little bit. How did you go from being an amateur musician to a professional? What, what was the transition well, into being a professional musician? Well, I think then with the process of learning and hanging out, you start meeting people, right? Mm -hmm. So I got to know some of the heads, well, heads, not heads, but like, musical directors of artists, you know, like of Latin artists. And and one of them, a buddy of mine, uh, Cesar Benitez had called me to do some dates, uh, local dates, right? Mm -hmm. And then he ended up being the musical director for a few uh, top Latin artists. So he would put me on those gigs and I would see like, wait a minute, we're, we're only doing a one hour show and you're paying me this much money. This is awesome, you know, compared to, five hour salsa night on a Wednesday and you're making 50 bucks, you know, it's like, you know, so it went, it slowly started started getting more work, you know, you get word gets out, you know, you right. keep your reputation going. And that was the thing you got to, uh, my goal was to always make sure I always got another gig from that artist or, or from that musical director, never like, okay, one time and you're done that, you know, you got to keep, got to keep moving forward, moving upward. And people would, you know, thank God people would recommend me for work and I would meet well, the I assume, Ray, excuse me for interrupting you, that it was not just your playing, but also your work, your work ethic, I'm assuming has yeah. to be like. Yeah, one thing, one thing I noticed when I started working with Ricky Minor mm -hmm. was 
if you're an hour, if you show up an hour before, you're late, you know, before oh. down, you know, because you have to allow yourself to be ready to go. And if you have charts, you know, market charts, because that's what I would do. I'd highlight sections, you know, because you want to make sure you're not the one, the only one hitting a note when, when the chart says no, <laughs> when the chart says tested, you know, but, but uh, yeah, it's worth ethic, work ethics, you know, you have to play it smart and, and, you know, and that always, I've, I've always felt that came natural because I always thought, well, I, I want to keep working. You know, and what does that mean? You know, in any job you do, any any job, you know, from working at, you know, at the market or working in a lab, you 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 show up on time and you do your you do one hundred ten percent, right? Always, always, you know, a thousand percent. You have to. Within, with any job, if you work in a supermarket, you no matter what you're doing, it, exactly. you kind of got to have that work ethic. Yeah, I. And it has to be, and I try to instill that upon the kids. Like I tell, I tell them if. They ask you to do three to five questions, submit three to five questions on an assignment, give them five, don't give them three. Right. Well, the minimum is three, that's the minimum. Don't ever do the minimum, do the maximum, you know, on any any job you do. Like when I do sessions here, they, if, sometimes they don't know what they want on the track. They just say, do whatever the track needs. So I could easily say, well, the track just needed bongos, that's it. That's what I think, it just needed bongos, right? But no, it's bullshit. Track needs tambourine, shaker, toys, not just bongos, maybe some congas. And if it's too much for them, if they don't want to use the track, that's fine. But, but you know, you more than they need. yeah. I remember one time I was recording just recently with, with a Chicago track, and Robert said, You gave me too many tracks. <laughs> and I said, A lot. And I said, Well, that's what I thought the song needed. And he goes, Oh, now I have to listen to everything. But it was very funny. We were, it was a very, you know, they just being silly about it. But he's like, it, it all sounded great. It all worked for the track. And, and uh, yeah. But what what's the first gig from playing in clubs to getting to that next level? To playing venue, theaters, or? Oh, okay. Um, okay, so back to my buddy Cesar. It was an artist by the name of Alvaro Torres, who was from Central America. Mm -hmm. And it was dates in Mexico. It was like, you have a passport? And you know, I was like, oh, I'll get one, ASAP. And getting on the flight, doing three or four dates in Mexico City, a big old beautiful theater. And then we would do dates here. And then that's, it. once again, it just started snowballing, you know, and, and when I, when I told my parents, this is what I want to do, you know, and they're like, oh, well, you know, the music industry. It's are, 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 are any of your brothers professional musicians? Did they, well, they, they play like my brother, Jerry plays in church and he, he works on the weekends and he teaches, but he you know makes good money doing it. And, mm -hmm. uh, but they're not, they don't tour. Right. They, don't, they just play locally. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother, Bill, he, he's toured with some Latin artists before. Uh, but it's not been, it was a few years ago, but they do local stuff. And, uh, but, but as far as like, this is what it is. And I've been, I just, it, well, you know, the industry leads us one way and then, then you have two months off or, or you have hello, or you have COVID, you know, like, you know, well, you know all of a sudden, and you have to continuously keep yourself active in the industry, you know, and uh, okay, so that was one. That was one 
artist and then I met another producer and doing recording sessions and then I then I met Ricky Minor right I met Ricky Minor when how did that happen okay so I uh okay so I got called to record with an artist a band called 98 degrees which was a pop like yeah. a blow, right I remember so, that them yeah, yeah. It, I met the guitar player in New York and mm -hmm. he said oh we're going to record the album in LA there's a song that needs percussion you should come in and do it so I went in and I did all the percussion so then months later you know I'm back in New York with I, I forgot who and I'm, I ran into Rick the guitar player and he said they're auditioning the band in LA for promo for 98 degrees and I said who's the guy and he goes some guy named Ricky Minor and I went Okay, so I, I didn't know Ricky. I looked him up in Musicians Union, right? Mm -hmm. Got his phone number, called him up, and he said, it was very funny. I remember the conversation. He said, uh, he goes, who are you? And I went, well, my name's Ray. He says I play percussion. And he goes, percussion? He goes, I know every musician in LA. And he goes, I don't know you. <laughs> and so, well, I'm brand new to the scene. He, I, although I'm here, I live here, but I'm new to the scene. And he goes, how old are you around this time, Ray? Uh, Mid-20s, 25 uh -huh. 20, 20, yeah, around 25, I think. And, and he said, well, come down. I'm holding auditions, come down tomorrow. And I said, okay. So I went in and I played. And, and then, then I went back the next day. And then as I was leaving, you know, he, he didn't really say anything. He just said play and the guys played. I guess the boys were scoping us out to see who fits, you know, with the, with the and I went to my car, right? And then he runs out and he goes, oh, by the way, and he goes, don't book anything. He goes, you're mine for six months. And I said, what? He goes, whatever you have booked, cancel it. And he goes, we start rehearsals Monday. It was like a Thursday or something. He goes, Monday, 10 a.m. here, this room, be here. And right. I was like, oh, right on. And then from there, when that ended, he put me on the Backstreet Boys. And then I was on the road for about a year and a half with the boys, right? And then when that ended, Ricky called me up for um, Patti LaBelle and then other TV stuff that would go on. And, and then Christina Aguilera came up, right? And uh, he, it, was, it was pretty funny. He said, he said, I can't just put you on the gig. It's an audition. Everybody has to audition, right? So be here at this time. So I show up and, okay, so I, I was doing the Latin Grammys that same day at the Kodak. Right. Okay, so now wait, you've jumped way ahead. So you've gone from being playing with Latin uh, musicians to now playing with the Backstreet Boys at the height of their like craziness, yeah. right? That was a, that was huge. Yeah. So was, before we go on to Christina, so what is that like for you to make that transition? That was pretty big. That was pretty big because it was it was um, it was a twenty four seven commitment because when we started rehearsals with Backstreet, they were long days. It was seven days a week and I couldn't really do anything. You know, any, any, you can't do anything else. Right. You're in the, and then when production rehearsals started, we were in a month at the forum doing production rehearsals and then you hit the road. The only time I, and I didn't take anything. The only time when I got home, I needed to just chill. Yeah. Mentally, you know, and it was, when we went international with the Backstreet Boys, I swear that's the closest I think I've seen 
the craziness of like what the Beatles had. Yeah, it, I mean, it must have been nuts. Girls it, screaming and at the back, at the at the stage door and all of that stuff, right? I mean, hiding in elevators, figuring out where the hotels are. And I mean, obviously it's for them. I'm just watching it as the band, right? Right. And it was hilarious. I mean, there was, uh, there was, there was, and I've told this story before, there was in Brazil, Nick, Nick Carter, the, one of the singers, right? Yeah. One of the boys. Uh, I was in the lobby of the hotel and this girl comes up to me. She says, you're in the band. And I said, yeah. She goes, she goes, I, I, I want to see Nick. And I said, well, good luck. I was like, good luck. So then she sat down and she goes, no, I'm the best. She sat down away and I saw her like this. And I was like, what, what's she doing? I mean, she didn't have a paper or anything. And I was like, yeah. and then she came back to me and she goes, this is how much I love Nick. And she showed me her arm. She had carved with her nail, Nick, right oh there. Oh my God. She yeah. had like, like, it was like bleeding. And, and I was like, okay, fanatic, you know, but yeah. that was one of the, I mean, I told Nick like the next day when I saw him, and he goes, oh, wow. He goes, I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, they, they would block hotel rooms. I mean, block hotel uh, uh, entrances, right? Because we were staying there. And we stayed at the same hotel as they did. You know, we all stayed in the same hotel. So it was, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. And it was a year and a half. And then, um, and then that ended. And, and then what happened after that? I mean, I did a few things, TV work. Uh, light session work. I wasn't a heavy session guy because all the, you know, like Alex, Luis, Lenny, you know, those guys, Richie Garcia, they all handled a lot of the session work in LA. And once in a great while, I get called to do an album or something. And it was mainly live work for me back then. And, um, and then, okay, so Christina. Now, Ricky calls me for Christina. And she's at the height of her Christina-ness, I'm assuming. Yeah, this was, this was a stripped record, the stripped album. So she was a, yeah, it was a big album and world tour, everything. And so I, I auditioned for the, well, okay, okay. Here's what happened. The day that they wanted me to audition, I was scheduled to do the Latin Grammys. Now, when you do the Grammys or the Latin Grammys, you're there day of show, like from 9 a.m. Right till the end of the show because it goes live to the east coast which is so it starts at 5 p.m west coast time right so you're done at eight depending on where you perform right so i was scheduled to start the top of the show with alejandro fernandez and we're like the curtains open up and it's him and me and i'm playing cajon right right mm -hmm. that that was a whole thing but i had to be there at 9 a.m so ricky's assistant calls and says i need you here at 1 p.m to audition for christina so i was like Oh, can I do tomorrow because I'm doing and then she said it's today or nothing and oh. I went I was like fuck I want this gig all right I was like think think so I went up to the musical director and I said I gotta bounce and that just happened to be during the lunch break right and it's Hollywood to Burbank it's not far right right so he's like man I wouldn't leave if I were you and then I said I'm gonna go <laughs> I said I'm gonna go and I will be back I'll be back by three they only want me playing one song and I said and, and we're done with the rehearsal you really don't need me until 4 30 start of show 5 p.m down right he's like all right he goes well, I didn't hear it go ahead so I went so one o'clock and I'm ready right let's do this 
she decides to take her lunch break. So we're like, okay. And Rick, and Ricky was very cool. Ricky was, he went up to her and he said, Hey, look, Ray's doing Latin Grammys. Um, you know, she said, let me have my lunch first. You know, I was like, okay, cool. So needless to say, it was a very long lunch for her, but it was around, okay, now it's around 3 PM and I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. And back then I had a pager, you know, the beeper. Yeah. It was beeping. Like I must've, I must've missed like 20, I didn't want to answer. And I know it was all from, from the musical director. Right. And cause they wanted, they were sizing up the jacket and they needed to find me to size it up. Right. And I was like, Oh, that could, that could wait. That could wait. No biggie. So anyways, so she, she's, she finally said, all right, get up there and play. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, she had a lot, a lot of Latin songs, a lot of like heavy groove stuff. Right. She wants to hear the song Beautiful, which is the ballad. So I'm just like, shaker, tambourine. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, full setup. And I'm like, and then, and then she just went, okay, thank you. Next, you know, and I was like, Okay. And then I went, I walked down and I'm thinking, I'm not getting the gig because whoever else is auditioning, then she's going to have them play, you know? Right. So it's almost 4 PM. Right. And Ricky's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. The assistant's going to ride with you and she's going to drop you off in your, cause I have my truck and you're just going to run in there because I would have to find parking would taking so long, right? So I was like, oh my God, okay, perfect. So I'm driving and I'm hitting all this traffic. So I asked her, I said, all right, uh, hold on. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose one job because I didn't get this gig. So I started driving on the opposite side of the street. There were no cars and she's like, what the hell are you doing? So I, I would pull over, let cars come, and then I'd go. And I did that all the way, all the way to the Kodak. And I was like, if I'm going to lose this gig, it's going to be because of a ticket. It's not going to be because, you know. So I get to the Kodak. I, she goes and parks my car, my truck. Thank God she was there with me. I run in, and it's like 15 to 5. Everybody's in position at 4.30, right? Oh, my God. So the manager comes up to me, and to my face, and he says, you'll never work with me again. And I said, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. So I take out my shirt, put my black t-shirt on, put the jacket on, sat on the cajon. And then Alex Alejandro, the, the Fernandez, the artist, he's looking at me and he's laughing. He was cool. He was cool about it. He just went, he just nodded and he goes, did you get the gig? And I went, I don't know. I said, I don't think I got it because I had to play shaker tamper and he started laughing and he just, he tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, ah, let's have some fun. So then curtains open up, boom, we started playing and it was fine. You know, I made it in time, but I was like this for oh my four God. hours. Oh, I, was, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, and, it was. So, and then you got word that you got the Christina gig. No, I didn't get it. Oh. Get it. So, so some other percussionist got it. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. Two weeks later, I get called from Ricky. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing yard work. I was like digging <laughs> holes in the front yard. And, and he said, it was a Sunday afternoon. He goes, get over here now. Studio four, center staging. Or studio five. Get over here, your cajon. 
And I said, oh, okay. And he goes, but hurry up. And he hung up. Well, I show up and it's all cameras and the guitar player. I knew Fish, you know, he's there. And, and I said, what's, what's going on? He goes, we're doing a live, God, what was it? It wasn't YouTube. It was another one of those channels, right? Um, yeah. I forgot what. And he goes, we're doing, and we're, um, we're doing it acoustic. So he goes, it's just going to be guitar, the background singers, and myself, right? And then I walked in and Ricky goes, okay, you know, and then she said, did you find somebody to play cajon? And, and Ricky goes, yeah, here, let me introduce you. And she looked at me, she looked at me and she went, okay, all right. And then, then we played two songs, right? And it was great. I mean, cameras live, no, no, uh, just one take each song. She sounded amazing. And you, you knew her material. You were able to just jump in. Well, yes and no, but I, I faked it really well. You know? <laughs> I just watched the guitar player for the the breaks. You know, there were no charts. You couldn't you couldn't do charts because there's cameras right there, right? So, all right. So we finished playing, and then the the producer said, "All right, we got it. We're good." And then she stood up and she looked at me. She goes, "Welcome to the band," and I went okay what's going on here I went uh, thank you I said thank you and then and she walked out and then Ricky comes over Ricky's laughing he goes I guess you're in the band now and he goes and he goes see you never know two weeks later he goes you get you don't get the gig you get the gig he hands me a schedule it was Sunday he hands me a schedule and I look at the schedule and it says Monday morning fly to Mexico City so I was like oh shit okay I gotta go home and pack so it was like 5 p.m. And then that was it. That was the, because it was all promo. It was promo for the album. And I forgot what songs we were playing, but we did promo in Mexico, promo in the Bahamas, and then came home, rehearsals, hit the road. So it was, it was, uh, and then I worked with Christina for a good four years. I did three tours with her. And wow. she, I mean, it, she's incredible. Unbelievable. She still is an unbelievable singer. Just wow factor. And yeah. So, um, was she tough personally? Because I just remember my kids were really into her and stuff that she was kind of a difficult person. Was she a difficult personality? Well, I mean, she she's a diva. You know, she was a diva. You know, yeah. and she was young. She was young. But but as the tours got, when we, okay, when we, we, we moved to the next tour, we the next album, I got to play on Ain't No Other Man. I played percussion on that song. And, and she was communicating more and more with everybody and and she was cool i mean it's just like okay the, the first time i'd met her yeah it was keep your distance she's the artist right i mean it wasn't i wasn't told that i just understood right, you, right. Know, you know that's the artist and you work for the artist that's it right. yeah and and um, um but it later became where she would walk in oh ray let me tell you about something how's your son doing how how's gabby doing you know we talk you know, we talk about stuff, you know, when, okay, when my mom passed away, mm -hmm. she gave me like one of the biggest hugs and she was crying and she was like, I know the feeling. I'm so sorry, but cause I had to leave the tour. I was, I was in Europe. Mm -hmm. So I had to leave the tour to come back, um, to be home before she passed. Right. And, and I sent out a sub and when I rejoined the tour, that's when she was just, you know, I was like, wow, she's, that was very cool, very sweet of her. She didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Sent a huge bouquet of flowers to the house, you know, and yeah. So, and you know, everybody, every artist is, is, is their own thing, you know, and, and at the, it's a job too, 
you know, we got to work that job. What, what, what gig have you had over the long haul, somebody that you've toured with that has been just raucous fun and where it wasn't sort of that sort of thing, where it was? Well, <laughs> you mean like, like not so pleasant or? <laughs> no, where, where I mean it, where, where it really was, where, where it really was, where you felt really relaxed and really part of the band and. and... Oh, well, that's needless to say, Chicago, come on, being, being since day one. The funniest, okay, now, all right, when, okay, there was, there was no rehearsals for me. Wally sent me the live show. Mm -hmm. right in full like a, a very two long mp3s right, right. so i sit here put it up my that screen right back there i set up my gear like how i would have set it up on the show mm -hmm. and i rehearsed the songs and then at night every night for three weeks i would perform the show headphones on playing as if i'm in front of the audience playing right. the song so because it, it, Wally said, we're not going to rehearse, man, and we're not going to sound check. So go in there as if you've done the show. And I said, OK, cool, I can do that. Wow. And so so when um, when I went in on night one, OK, it was it was crazy. It was like the, just a feeling. First of all, Chicago, the first band that I ever saw in concert. Crazy. Second of all, no rehearsal. I'm going in cold turkey. All eyes are on me. Wow. You know, and um, and I'm to my left, in close setup is Robert Lamb's setup right there. He's right there, so you know, he was paying attention. And um, uh, so at the end of that show, the sound guy came up to me and he said, "He said, you know, great show, man. You did. It looked like you've been doing this forever, and I mean, doing this show." And he goes, "I got to tell you something though." And he goes, um, "This should be a compliment." And I said, "What?" And he goes. Robert asked me to put you up in his mix. Aww. He goes, that's a good sign. And he goes, because, you know, if you weren't, he would have said, take him out of my mix, you know, take him completely out. And he goes, so keep it up. And I was like, wow, that's, that's very cool. So I, all right, so learning the show like that. Okay, so, okay, that same show, right? After the show, you know, I'm in the dressing room, the guys are, where everybody's changing, high-fiving, and they're going to meet and greet, right? Bo, our, our tour assistant guy, comes in, and he goes, Islas, and he goes, get over there. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, it's meet and greet. We do a picture and everything. I said, well, I'm, you know, and he goes, you're in the, you're, you're part of this. Get in there now, you know? And I walked in, and Robert was like, where were you? And I said, I didn't know. I mean, nobody told me I was doing the meet and greet, you know? Right. And he goes, and and Robert said, you're in the band. That means you, you're you in Chicago. This is what we do. We all wow. do it as a unit. And, and, you know, and I was like, okay. And that to me was like, wow. I mean, that was a, another big hug from the, the leaders. And, and technically I was in just to do a few dates. And during that leg, like about five shows later, uh -huh. and Steve, the manager called me up. I was, was in San Antonio. No, 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 not San, somewhere in Texas. It was a day off. I'm, walking i was crossing a very large street right like you know walk don't walk so walk i'm, I'm walking my phone rings so, hey steve what's up and he goes hey man so do you want to do the rest of this run and i said of course and he goes do you want to do the summer tour and i said of course and he goes do you want to do the whole fucking year 
And I said, yes. And he goes, are you okay? We can't. And I'm stopped in the middle of the street. Going, yes. And he goes, you're in, man. You're in. That's it. And I was like, wow. And all of a sudden I'm looking at, and then cars start honking because I was in the middle of the street. The light had turned green and they're like, get the hell out of the street. Oh shit. All right. So I crossed the street. But that was, I remember calling the kids and calling back home and saying, I'm not coming home. I was supposed to come home next week. Now I'm not going to come home till the end of April. Wow. You know? So it was, yeah, it was once again, very emotional and very like, wow. And, and it's, it's a team. It's mm -hmm. a team, you know, it's, um, and a good group of people, solid, everybody, the band, the crew, the management, the web designers, the everybody involved with Chicago is, mm -hmm. is a family. Like our, and our manager is, is he, he keeps it. He, he says, we're, you know, we're a team. We're, we do this together. We do all this, you know, and we recorded a Christmas album last year and, and we recorded the Christmas album during the summer tour. And the guys were like, okay, everybody submit songs, you know, write songs, submit it, you know, and if, if we can do it, I submitted a song and it's called, um, what's it called? All is right. Yeah. All is right. And, and me and my co-writer, Mike, we wrote it while I was on the road, you know, and uh, so I put it on the table with the guys and they were like, yeah, we love it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. And I was like, wow. All right. Now I got a, now I got a song in a Chicago album. That's so fantastic. I know it was, it was like just, wow. I mean, one great thing after another with these guys, you know, and, uh, and of course, I can imagine how much we miss each other right now. That's it's like that neck, that first show that we do after all this bullshit, that's going to be pretty damn epic. I bet that is true. God, I hope it's in LA and I hope I get to go. Uh, I, there, I actually have a Chicago song in my screen. Yeah, yeah. Only uh, the beginnings. I, is it called beginnings? Only the beginning? That's a, a big part of my screen. Yeah. It recurs a bunch of times. Um, but I'm well, a huge awesome. Chicago fan. So I'm excited to come see you play with them. I hope we all get to do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's sounding we like we will, you know, the, vi the vaccines are sounding more and more encouraging and. Yeah, 95% today, they announced 95%. Yep, they did. So uh, hopefully that's going to happen before too long. Okay, so I just want to ask you a couple quick highlights of people like playing with, with Aretha, with Prince, with, with Stevie Wonder, with Stevie Nicks. Tell me like a, a quick thing about playing with those guys. Well, with, okay, well, Prince, it was just on the George Lopez show. And he, oh, it was crazy because he, uh, he was the only guest. There was another, there was a female guest that day as well that he wanted to be on the, on the show. So I was doing the George Lopez show. Uh, uh, I was basically covering for Lenny Castro when he couldn't do it. You're gonna have to tell me why, oh, you, so you were, you were in the back, you were in the house band for the show. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I was, I was say, she's played my living room. It's like, why wasn't Shirley E with him? But okay. Yeah. And, and so it was, um, it was, uh, yeah. So Prince was on that show. And so we played with them wow. twice on that day, but, but a lot of it wasn't on camera because they, they were, it was on the commercial breaks mm -hmm. and that was incredible. I mean, that's really the only element I got of working with him on that side. Mm -hmm. uh, then with Aretha, that was a whole different, I did, I did shows when she came to LA. I think it was two or three shows. That was amazing. I mean, to be in her presence, you know. And um, Stevie Wonder was was another one where um, I did. 
I think I did like, I did a recording session for him with the Super Bowl in 2006, where it was the Motown, because the Super Bowl, Super Bowl was in Detroit. So they did the Motown for the halftime, right? Mm -hmm. So we pre-recorded all of that in his studio, literally like was all night. Wow. It was, it was, it was the call came in at noon, but there was no time frame established, right? Like, well, we'll let you know when we know. And then at 7 p.m., they said, okay, just get to the studio when you can, you know? Uh, and I said, oh, okay. So I went to the studio and we recorded from like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And a lot of it was just jamming, you know? And then he would say, all right, all right, let's record, let's record the song, a, you know? And then we'd have to figure out a medley of how to, because it was performed as a medley. Right. You know, a bunch of his songs. Then I did, I did a couple of, I did one event with him in New York for Clinton. It was for his fundraiser. That was epic. That was an epic night, you know? Um, yeah, then we did a couple of shows around New York around that time to kind of spread out time-wise, like uh -huh. four shows in three weeks. So it stayed in New York the whole time. Um, and then, uh, then that kind of faded away because I was getting I was getting calls to do other stuff that I didn't want to turn down. Mm -hmm. And Stevie's, Stevie's was, he was finishing a tour doing this stuff and not really doing much more. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, that kind of just like dissolved. No biggie. There's no biggie. Um, who else did you mention? How about Carlos Santana? Oh, that was one with, uh, as well with George Lopez. That was a big jam. That was a, it was incredible. You know, and then I've, I've actually hung out with Carlos a couple of times. He brought his daughter to see Christina Aguilera. So that was a great conversation we had just backstage. And, and a lot of it was in Spanish, which was really nice. cool. You know, nice. really cool. Uh, yeah, with, with, that was with George Lopez. And that was incredible because he brought half the band, his, half of his band and then all of our band. And then we just, that was epic playing those songs. So, it's so weird because my husband, my ex-husband, worked on Letterman, you've played Letterman. He worked on Leno, you've played Leno. He worked for, he was on the pilot of George Lopez. He did that, yeah. So a lot of, you probably have crossed paths with him, but that's beside the point. Okay, how about Willie Nelson? What was, because I don't think of Willie Nelson as having a percussionist. So what was well, that like? Well, it was, it was for a TV show. It was, uh, okay, it was, God, what's his name? Okay, Nick Lachey. And uh -huh. Jessica Simpson. Remember when they were married? Yeah. They had. They actually did a variety show for ABC. They did one show, and then it was so highly rate. It was the ratings were killing. It was a Sunday night. It was like it was like the old Sunny and Cher show. Remember that? Oh, yeah. It was. I, I think it was using that format where they would do little skits and music in between. And then she would perform and then he would perform and they would perform together and they would have guests on the show. So they ended up doing like three of ABC signed one show uh -huh. and then they ended up requesting a few more shows. So on one of those shows, we went to Germany to do like a 4th of July performance for the US troops at, at, um, at one, of the, uh, one of the bases, one of the American bases, right? Uh -huh. Ramad Ramadan, I think I can't remember. No, Ram Ram something, some city in, in Germany. Any anyway, so 
so okay i'm in the hotel mm -hmm. right and i i went down for breakfast you know 8 a.m all of a sudden this guy comes over to me and he goes and he goes hey are they still serving breakfast and i looked up and it's willie right and i went mr nelson and he goes did i miss breakfast and i said no, no, no. I'm, I'm sure you can still, because you know the buffet in Germany. Right, right. And he goes, oh, good. I'm starving. And he goes, is this seat taken? And I said, no, no. And he goes, all right, I'll be right back. And he put it. He put his hat down. Right. He was wearing a baseball cap. So he went and grabbed a plate, and he came back. And then I'm thinking to myself, of all people, he, I don't even know him. And and he looks at me and he goes, you look like a musician. So that's why I thought, you know, are you doing this event? And I said, yeah, I'm actually in the house band. And he goes, oh, great. And you know, so we talking, having breakfast, just talking about everything he was hilarious such a sweet guy you know and yeah. then we had we had to go to the venue well it wasn't really a venue it was um it was really cool they had all the the not the airplane the fighter jets all set up around and there was a stage right fighter jets set up around and on the wings of the jets the soldiers were kicking it like just with a blanket or with a lawn chair or whatever on top. So visually on the camera, it looked like they're just hanging on the airplanes. Meanwhile, there's other planes landing in the background. It's right on the airstream, right? And it was a beautiful day. And, and um, so Willie, we played. And also Willie Nelson and Jessica Simpson had a remake of These Boots Were Made For Walking. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. She sounded really good on that. and. And so we played that, we played a couple of Willie songs, but then they were like, okay, we're done for filming. And, and Willie didn't want to stop playing. He wanted to give them a, a little concert. Wow. And they were like, well, we can't really do that. And I was like, oh, come on, let's play. So we ended up doing like three or four songs extra for the troops because he wanted to play. The guy just wanted to share that with the, with the soldiers, you know? And um, that was a place where, where soldiers would go sometimes that would be the 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 last stop before going into any battle oh, or wow. any, any type of seriousness going on in the, in the world they would go from there mm -hmm. and then come back there and, and a lot of them were hurt a lot of them it was also hospital mm -hmm. so you're seeing a lot of soldiers who had lost a leg lost an arm oh wow uh, bandaged up on their you know eye and i'm talking to 18 year olds who are getting ready to take off the next day you know and wow. you know and they were just ready to do it you know and i was like wow i mean eye opener definitely wow how about stevie nicks what was the, oh my god i love the word stevie wadi called me for that wadi watel you know wadi and oh, yeah. and wadi just out of the blue he was like hey you're now i don't know how he got my number but he called me up and he was like we have um uh, some tv stuff and some live shows he goes you want to do the gig and i was like hell yeah i had to go in an audition but it wasn't he was like it's it's not a, really an audition and she just wants to hear it and he goes but i already he goes i already told her you're gonna do it you know why i interrupted you wadi's gonna be my guest next wednesday actually. oh he is oh yeah <laughs> tell him tell him you know that i was here uh, and i have and i had Oh, I, I've written some songs with Wadi as well, with me, Wadi, and Mike Burns. Um, by the way, somebody just asked, Tony just asked, do you sing, Ray? No, no. Okay. Not really. 
like to sing some I need training to be trained. You know, I would love to actually, but I, I, I need to be properly trained. You know, I would, I did it. Okay, check this out. And speaking of Wadi, uh, I did once live at a club in Santa Barbara with my buddy Tarek. Mm -hmm. And of all songs, I ended up singing um, uh, uh, Lawyers, Guns and Money. You know, Warren yes. Zevon that Wadi co-wrote, right? Yes. Uh -huh. So, and I told Wadi about that. I said, hey, you know what I sang last night? At, at a club in Santa, in Santa Barbara, he's like, and why was it? Did you sound good? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nobody threw apples and tomatoes at me, so I guess I, I guess it worked. So, so how funny though. But yeah, um, so Wadi called me for Stevie, right? And 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 from there, me and Wadi became good buddies, you know, because we were talking about just oh, he's a foodie as well, you know, and he didn't. He used to live very close to me. Uh -huh. Right. So I, he was asking me, oh, have you gone to this restaurant or that restaurant? I said, no. And he goes, let's go. You and me. So we would go. We'd meet up and go have lunch, you know, and and um, and then I turned him on to some other restaurants. And then we would just keep that kept, you know, we talked more back then about food than about music. And then, you know, during the Stevie gig, it was incredible, you know, and then the history between those two and and playing her music. Wow, man. I mean, and she is a beautiful soul i loved because come on i mean she's a she's a musician she was first a musician right, right? you right. know trying to just get a gig trying to just be a singer you know with some guys who are putting together a band called fleetwood mac or something you know and <laughs> and it, just hearing her talk about that was pretty amazing you know and i remember one time she asked because i have I have these really nice tambourines for By way, everybody who's watching. Um, Ray's going to play, take us out with some percussion before we go. So we're going to, yeah. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. So Wadi, Wadi, uh, I'm not Wadi, uh, Stevie Nicks um, didn't have her tambourine. We were doing some TV show mm -hmm. and she said, she goes, she comes over to me. She goes, she goes, uh, give me your tambourine. I need to use it for this. And I, and I know she, you know, she gets it she throws it up and starts and I, have like really nice tambourines for studio and then I have some for stage right so I said okay so I reached over to give her the stage tambourine not the studio one and then she looks at it and she goes she goes no give me that other one the one you were playing you know, she goes, watching you. she goes I was watching you. this that's not the same one and I went oh, okay and I'm thinking to myself just don't drop it don't drop and I said, all right, here's Stevie, and I give it to her. And then she's like, she's playing it, you know, and, you know, having a blast. She didn't drop it, but it was so cute. And then she just put it on the side of the stage after the song. And, and I was like, okay, where's the tambourine? I got to find it, you know, like, you know, looking around. And, you know, and Wadi was like, you didn't want to give her that one. I said, no, because I was, I was afraid she's going to drop it. And, it, you know, she's playing. He goes, ah, she's cool. She'll handle it. So it was pretty hilarious. I did, I did off and on with her for about a year, I think. Nice. Basically, what was going on, I was covering for Lenny with Stevie. When Lenny got busy and Wadi would, hey, you know, come do, come work with Stevie. I was like, of course. Nice. So, yeah. Okay, so I have one more person I want to ask you about because I know the I know one of her drummers, but Jennifer Lopez, I mean, who, you must do a lot of percussion with Jennifer Lopez, I'm thinking, because yeah. that woman is dancing her ass off the whole time. Yeah. So now, do you know Chris Johnson? Because he, I, Chris did my yeah. show. Did you play with Chris with her? I, who, did, who was on drums? Because I did, I think Chris was doing the gig. Uh -huh. when I, 
yeah i think chris was playing drums uh I, and there was another drummer as well uh but yeah yeah i think i started with chris on the gig he was saying that it's the best view in the world when you're playing drums for jennifer lopez it was pretty hilarious it was like you know you know what she told me one time um on one of the solos um well she, she there's usually a on stage a giant staircase right and she yeah. goes up and, the, and chris is on that side and i'm on the other side right so it's towards the end of the show already she's doing i forgot what song and it's very very drum driven right and she came up to me she said so i want you to play a thing like super fast timbal fill you know like like that she goes but don't start it she goes because the volume's going to come up don't start it until i start shaking my ass so just watch my ass <laughs> and then i went oh okay i got i have permission Okay, I got it. And then, and then she, I remember the first time she did, she came down and she looked at me. And she goes, <laughs> you know, and that made me laugh. I was like, I've been watching it. I've, I'm waiting for the shake. I've been watching it. So. <laughs> that's hysterical. Okay, that's a perfect story to go out with this. So, Ray, I'm going to ask you to play some percussion for us because you got everything set up back there, and I don't know what you call home, whatever you want to play. But thank you so much for doing this. I've been. Trying to get, I met you at NAM a couple of years ago with Snuffy. With, with Snuffy. With yeah. And yeah. I like, you You had sat in with them and I, I like said, please introduce me to him. I, I like, and it took all this time to, to make this happen. And I'm so grateful. You've been so wonderful. And I've loved your stories and I love your playing. And I, I can't wait for the day that I can see you play with Chicago. That's the dream. It will happen hopefully soon. And I, you know, and I'm a fan of yours with your book, your number one bestseller. Come on. And, you know, and you, you've done so much too. So when I met you that day at NAMM, I was like, oh, that's, that's Vicky. I said, oh, cool. I was like, that was awesome. So, and Snuffy, I need, you know, I wish I, I haven't talked, have you talked to Snuffy? I haven't seen that dude. Yeah, yeah. Snuffy comes on and uh, shooting the shit every once in a while. And yes, we talked. Yeah, absolutely. I need to give him a call and just check in with him. He's a, he's a funny guy too. So yeah, he's, he's definitely one of us. All these people. I love it. Absolutely. And, and Ray, do me a favor, send me links after the show so that everybody can watch a Chicago, something that you've done recently with Chicago. You're going to yep. send me the link for your woman with the vitamin. You yes. were going to send me another, there's another one you were going to, there was another music thing that you were going to send me that I'm spacing you know what, I, what I want to mention as well, um, and I'll send you the link to this song. It's a song that I performed with recently, and it was for the elections, like trying to get the word out, you know. I was with Jonathan Butler. Jonathan Butler and his friend co-wrote the song, but it features uh, Marcus Miller, um, Dave Cause, Rick Braun, uh, Jeffrey Osborne, Mesa, Arlington Jones on keys, and myself, and Will Kennedy. You know, all of us, all of us, Jonathan was like, hey, let's do this, can you guys? And he sent me the track, I did everything here, and I'll send you the song so you can post it. It's well, a I would, I would love to. beautiful song, and um, it's called Our Voices Matter, and it really is, it really is a powerful lyrical song, and it's out on every platform, YouTube, Spotify, everything. You can find it easily. Nice. So, and it's cool because we're all listed. All of our names are listed as a as a big part of the song. So, so it's very, it's Ray, very thank you so much for doing this. I adore you. You're wonderful. And we we haven't even begun to talk about your talent, but you're going to show us some. Um, what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? 
I, I don't know. I want you to. I want you to play where you're in the mood. Whatever you're in the mood for. What, what makes you happy right now? Um, I'll play you some cajon then. Let me angle the. Let me angle this puppy so we can. I may have to I move. I love back. the cajon. So here's the LP cajon. So. Can you see it? You can see yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can see you and the cajon. Perfect. All right. So. It's hard to hear it, the, it. We didn't have as much volume as I hoped. Can you please? Uh, uh, yeah, we need something that's more that's louder. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There you go. Pandiero from Brazil. So. You know, for some reason they're not picking up on the mic, but we can see what you're doing. But um, yeah, we're not, getting, we're not getting volume with that. I don't know why that is. It, you guys can't hear it. Uh. Not, not well. We need something that we can hear. I, I, I could see what you were doing, but the volume was really low. I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't, get I don't it. either. You were right on top of the the thing. So nothing, huh? Oh yeah, that one, that I can hear. Say what? That one I can hear. Now you're repeat referring. that. That we can hear. Ah, okay. Talking drum. Something. Uh, you know, for some reason, the mic isn't picking up instruments. It's it's not liking the percussion. It's liking you. But um, Ray, thank you so much for doing this. It was such thank a you. joy. I'm so grateful to you. And it was lovely to spend this time with you and get to know you. And I look forward to many more occasions. Thank you. Thank you so much. And an honor. We finally did this. And Yay! We'll do it again. And stay safe, stay well, and um, I, I look forward to your cooking as well. We'll have to talk about that in the future. Yes. Maybe go to a restaurant with Wadi. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should. That'd Excellent. And thank you all out there for tuning in, and I will see you next week with Wadi Wachtel. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody.